Hello and welcome to Imagine America Radio, a service of the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing Company. My name is Bob Martin. I'm the president and CEO of Imagine America Foundation. In the last 20 years, Imagine America has provided scholarship support and tuition assistance to students attending career colleges all across this country. The purpose of this podcast is to promote technical and career education and to inform the public of career opportunities that are not just in high demand, but essential to the American workforce. We hope you will enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to another edition of Magic America Radio. On today's episode, we interview Jerome Grant, Chief Executive Officer for Universal Technical Institute on their response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Universal Technical Institute, or UTI, and its families and schools, NASCAR Technical Institute, Motorcycle Mechanics Institute, and Marine Technical Institute, offer one of the largest technical training group of schools in this country. For over 55 years, UTI has proudly trained over 220,000 motivated graduates in automotive technology, diesel technology, collision repair and refinishing, NASCAR, CNC machining, motorcycle, ATV and watercraft, marine and welding. Universal Technical Institute operates 12 campuses throughout the United States and are accredited by the Accrediting Commission of Career Schools and colleges or ACCSC. UTI has built partnerships with industry leaders, outfits and state of the industry facilities with current technology and delivers training that is aligned with employer needs. We hope you will enjoy this episode of Imagine America Radio interviewing Universal Technical Institute's Chief Executive Officer, Jerome Grant, on their response to the COVID-19 pandemic. This is Bob Martin with Imagine America Radio, and we're talking to Jerome Grant, Chief Executive Officer at Universal Technical Institutes. Jerome, uh, help us a little bit uh, to understand, since you're the you're you you're the Chief Executive Officer of UTI. How is UTI? How are you navigating through this whole COVID pandemic situation, both with regard to physical facilities and and students and faculty members? Absolutely. Well, as always, our focus is on our students, our faculty members, their well-being, their safety, uh, and continuing to offer them safe quality education to support their career goals. Now, before the pandemic hit, our education was solely delivered face-to-face, hands-on on our campuses. But in mid-March, uh, we transitioned about 50% of our curriculum online. About 50% of our curriculum happens in a classroom with an instructor either demonstrating or talking about some skills that are necessary. And about 50% of our curriculum happens in the lab, hands-on with uh, engines, electronics, all the things that you would expect in a transportation technician job. Um, So we redesigned our courses to take the whole classroom experience online. It also required to give our students a higher level of support and our team did that just tirelessly. This was really compassionate work in the middle of a crisis and I'm proud of each and every one of them. So above all, as we move forward, we continue to be focused on the students. And now that our campuses are open uh, for CDC compliant lab work, we're continuing the online curriculum, which is about 50% of our curriculum, while we bring the students into the lab to complete their hands-on lab work and move forward. Okay, now tell me this. So it sounds like you're saying that UTI moved uh, 50% of the coursework uh, online due to COVID. Now, when do you plan to return to normal? 
I actually think we're in the new normal. I think that there aren't many people out there that believe that um, this pandemic has uh, altered the way we interact with people on a daily basis. And therefore, you know, there may be a day down the line where we return to completely face-to-face -face instruction. But what we found is that we can be just as effective, reach students where they are online for that 50% of the time, and bring them in the labs to complete everything they always have in a hands-on way. And so, uh, you know, that's why I think what, what we say at UTI is we're really in the new normal and we're moving forward. Since we've uh, opened uh, again in May, June, and July, we've actually graduated over 1,300 new techs out into the industry, getting great jobs in transportation and collision, CNC, welding, et cetera. Fantastic. Now, you mentioned that this is the new normal. How do you think that'll impact education in general? Well, I think we're seeing this across uh, the education spectrum. You know, my eight-year-old daughter is in the next room in a virtual third grade classroom right now and will likely stay that way for the rest of the year. Uh, the outcomes that the teacher's producing out of them are actually quite remarkable. And I think that as we move to distance learning and virtual learning, we're finding the new ways to interact with students in ways where we can really help them progress. Now, you can't get away from the fact that, that if you wanna be an auto mechanic or a diesel mechanic or a welder or a CNC machinist or motorcycle or marine, you're gonna to have to do the hands-on work it takes to prove the proficiencies and to practice your skills. Um, but I think in this blended learning model, what we found is an optimal way for students to begin to bring in the concepts to see the demonstrations, interact with each other, and interact with faculty members, and then get into the labs and get their hands dirty as they're working. Yeah, you know, I really, I do have to commend you. I know that, um, you know, Universal Technical Institute trains uh, and, and teaches their students with a hands-on learning environment, but at the same time, you know, COVID-19, and I hear this from other schools that we're talking to, has really sort of changed the way that I think students are even approaching education. I mean, look, it's 2020. You know, everything is sort of done, at least partially done online. And so I really commend you for what you guys have done and, and what you've been able to do, and especially in such a short amount of time. So, you know, what changes since COVID-19 have you made in regards to your teaching methods? I, I know you said 50% is online. So it sounds like you've sort of gone to a hybrid format with theory online and hands-on lab uh, in person with smaller groups. How does that work? Yeah, that, that's exactly true. So uh, our, online, our online portion of the course is, is taught much in the same way it's taught in a the classroom. There's video-based instruction, there is uh, discussion sections, there's virtual forums, office hours, there's time for students to ask questions as they move through the, the uh, part of the curriculum that was in the classroom. And then our labs are operating just as they were before with a, with a really important distinction, which is, um, our class densities. Uh, initially during the crisis, the CDC sent out guidelines that they said they didn't want to see more than 10 people in one room at a time. Well, those guidelines have evolved over time to, to talk more about social distancing, the wearing of masks and gloves, the sanitization of the space, uh, keeping students away from each other. And so what we've done is we reorganized our campuses in a way where um, our students are six feet apart, they're always wearing masks. They enter and exit through designated doors that are closest to their labs. They come in, they do their lab work, and then they exit. 
All of our student services are still operating virtually, so you can do uh, financial aid, you can do uh, career counseling, you can do um, changing of your schedule and all the rest of that virtually with our, with our team. Um, but we've got about 15 kids in each lab, all spaced apart uh, uh, six feet. And it is a smaller size than we, we had before, but with half of our curriculum being online, it gave us the opportunity to spread out our lab environments into some unused classrooms and spaces that typically were used for other parts of our curriculum. Um, and it's operating uh, actually quite well right now. Very cool. I like what you said about, you know, the online education aspect of it kind of gives you uh, more flexibility on when you can hold uh, in-person labs. I think that's, that's really interesting. So uh, tell me another thing. What have you done to keep the students engaged? Uh, well, we have uh, a number of things. We've also built out uh, uh, online events and forums uh, whereby we can bring students together online as part of, say, a car show or we can bring content to them from NASCAR. You may have seen at one of the recent NASCAR races that, that the Penske team honored all of our graduates on their number two car by listing the, name of the, listing the names of every one of our, our graduates. Um, it was a great honor, and it's the kind of thing that keeps the students engaged and, and knows that they're part of something that's special. You're listening to Imagine America Radio, and our guest today is Mr. Jerome Grant. Chief Executive Officer at Universal Technical Institutes. Uh, Jerome, if you don't mind, why don't you, why don't you talk, let's talk a little bit about um, um, the other elephant in the room that despite all that's gone, gone on, there still is a portion of the student population that has difficulty either because they're not proficient in it or they don't have it, getting access to computers. So, it's, it's so how are you able to, how is UTI planning to try to accommodate those particular individuals? That's actually a great, great point. So there's really two things you're asking about there. One, access to the technology necessary to be able to participate in the digital education. And then also people whose proclivity may or may not be for digital education. First on the access, access side, um, we're, we've been very close with our 11,000 students in communication. And one of the things we found out early during the crisis and, and began to act on is the fact that about 26% of our students either had no technology to be able to engage online or just handheld technology, smartphones, et cetera. We didn't believe that a smartphone was the experience we were going for in terms of our online curriculum, the ability to work in forums and chats and would be get people, multiple people together on the screen to be able to have discussions. And through the, the, you know, the, the timely and generous health of the Department of Education and the Higher Education Relief Fund, we were able to provide computers for all of our students. And what I mean by that is every student who starts gets a, uh, a computer that is set up and ready with their learning materials on it, as well as access to the online courses. We also distributed to the students that were already in the online curriculum to make sure that we had a similar user experience uh, through the process. And so I think it was exactly what those funds were meant for in the first place was to be able to do tangible things that directly support the students and keep them moving forward in a successful educational experience. The second question you asked was a question around students' proclivity for online learning. And what we're finding is, is um, yes, there are some students that 
you know, have shied away from digital learning. They'd rather be in a classroom with an instructor. And, and this type of learning is, you know, not something that's natural to them. So what we've done for them is we've moved a lot more to uh, virtual experiences where we have multiple students, say like in a Zoom class and things along those lines, so they can ask questions of each other. I think the other thing that has, has actually broken down the barrier of that since we reopened our campuses in May is that they are in the labs with 14 other students doing their labs. And although they're six feet apart, socially distanced with masks on, there's a sense, sense of community that's building around there that then they can bring back into the digital experience as they move forward. You know, this next question is probably more uh, in the weeds. This is Bob Martin with Imagine America Radio. We're talking to Jerome Grant, Chief Executive Officer of Universal Technical Institutes. As I was saying, this is probably more in the weeds, but you talked about uh, this virtual learning and all the courses. What what software are you using to manage these virtual classes? Are you using something like a like Canvas? This is more in the weeds, though. I'm sorry. No, that's quite all right. So initially, when the pandemic hit, again, our curriculum was completely hands-on. And so moving nearly 200, 50% of nearly 200 courses online within 10 days was a, a, you know, a monumental task of nearly 600 instructors around the country to, to, to move that forward. Initially, we moved into Google Classroom. Why? Because it had the lowest barrier to entry to get content into it. It has, uh, you know, good communication tools, easy access, and is, you know, Google is relatively ubiquitous across the, across the country. Now, in general, we're a Blackboard school. We have been a Blackboard school for, for some time. So we will be transitioning all of that online material to Blackboard over the fall, and we expect that transition to take place uh, no later than November. And then rolling forward, we'll be able to integrate the on-ground Blackboard materials with the online Blackboard materials hooking into our student information system and making things just a little less manual, if you would. Hey, Jerome, this is Lee. Um, quick question for you. This is not part of the script, but um, I, did I hear you say that at one of the latest NASCAR races that Penske had actually honored some of your students on the car? Absolutely. The, the, the number two car, um, uh, the entire top of the car, we can uh, most of our reps' backgrounds are this car right now. Um, what they did is they, uh, during the NASCAR race, there were a couple of shout outs to UTI. Um, you know, a significant portion, we, we run NASCAR Tech out of Mooresville, North Carolina, and a significant portion of the NASCAR crew teams are our graduates. Um, our CNC machining in, in Mooresville is, is uh, a partnership we have with Roush Yates, which makes most of the engines for NASCAR. So it was really a, a great honor to have all of our graduates in number two car. Um, and uh, I could send you a picture of that if you'd like as well. Yeah, I definitely would like to get a picture of that. I think that's really neat and uh, very cool that, that, uh, that Penske had done that and that you guys obviously have a really great relationship with them. I think that's fantastic. Well, we do. And, you know, Roger Penske's been on our board for some 20 years. He actually just retired from the board. And, and one of his colleagues, George Brochick, who's head of strategy and development for Penske, uh, joined the board as, as uh, Rod, Roger stepped off. Um, we've been a strong partner with the Penske car dealerships around the country, their trucking companies, their NASCAR and race teams. And, you know, they hire some six to 800 of our graduates a year across their footprint. 
great relationship. Wow. Yeah, that, that is cool because, you know, they're obviously getting the the education that they need in order to enter that uh, career field at your school. Uh, and then they just simply go in and start working for Penske. So it's a win-win, really. Very cool. You know, I think that one of the main value propositions of UTI is its employer and OEM relationships is that, um, you know, why a student would want to come to UTI is because at many of our campuses, on top of core ASE certification, we have these MSAT programs, which you got to think of them as basically graduate school. Eight to 10 weeks um, focus in an area like being a Porsche technician or a BMW technician or a Peterbilt technician or Harley Davidson or Mercury Marine. And those relationships across our campus are why people look at us and say, yeah, I could get a certification, but then I also can get advanced training that would lead me to a higher paying job in, in an area that I'm really, really interested in. This is Bob Martin again. I, I, I would really be hesitant. Uh, I shouldn't be hesitant to say just how much We've enjoyed our partnership with the Imagine America Foundation with, with Universal Technical Institute. I have to be real candid with you and say you were one of the original uh, cornerstone organizations uh, that we went to back in 1999. So I personally have had a chance to visit literally every one of your campuses. And I will tell you that that NASCAR campus is very, very impressive. Your, all your campuses are impressive. But, but if you really want to get into the, the NASCAR moving and grooving and, and what uh, the opportunities are, someone should really, you really need to go down and see that campus. But um, Lee, I'm sorry, I interrupted. We're talking to Jerome Grant, Chief Executive Officer at Universal Technical Institute. Uh, tell me something, how are you handling the hands-on lab portion of your training? Are your labs open at all of your locations now? Yes, they are. Actually, all 12 locations, labs are open. Uh, we're delivering the hands-on instruction in a CDC-compliant uh, uh, manner. And what that means is, is that all of our learning aids are at least six feet apart. So you could picture a lab that has 15 engines in the lab, all six feet apart. Um, our students are wearing masks and gloves. Our instructors are wearing masks and gloves. Um, they go through their lab experience. After the lab experience, the students exit through the door they came in, go right out of the building and, and on with the rest, the rest of their day. Um, our labs are completely sanitized in between each section so that the next section of students that may come in in the afternoon and the evening are working on, san on, on sanitized uh, uh, properties. And, um, and it's, it's actually uh, operating quite, quite well. Great. Now, uh, another question about the online learning, but do you see online learning being used more in the future uh, of automotive programs? Absolutely. At least I hope they are, and we will be. I think it actually offers something that a strictly hands-on lockstep curriculum doesn't, which is flexibility. You know, right now in this environment with 30 to 40 million unemployed Americans, with, um, you know, with double the unemployment rate being that 18 to 24 year old, um, they're really thinking about the jobs that they have right now. They don't wanna lose them. And so when we're talking to students and they're thinking about, can I come to school where I'm gonna have a career? One of the most immediate priorities they have is, listen, I've got a job and I don't wanna lose it. Well, because most of our campuses offer labs in morning sessions, afternoon sessions, and even evening sessions, um, we can offer the students even more flexibility with 50% of the curriculum online by saying, listen, you can do the online portion asynchronously whenever you want. 
There are synchronous experiences that you can join that we have scheduled throughout the, throughout the week, but you can do the online portion asynchronously and then fit a lab schedule into your schedule that allows you to keep working. This wasn't something we could accomplish with a full hands-on curriculum. You were either an all-morning student, an all-afternoon student, or an all-evening student, and you were in our building twice the amount of time. So I actually think we're gonna be able to reach out to students who previously could not make the time commitment to UTI um, by offering them this blended curriculum. Yeah, I'm sure it's something that your students really appreciate, especially what you had said about the flexibility part of it. Um, now, let me ask you this. Have you seen any students shy away from having to take the courses online? And how do you provide students with the confidence in their ability to be successful online? Well, the lion's share of the students have moved in directly and have really embraced the online, the online environment and, and the way in which we're teaching. You know, I think part of it is, is that they don't know what they're in for until they're in it and they're working through it. And so, you know, the overwhelming majority have embraced it and are, con are continuing to move forward. You know, but yes, people learn in different ways. And there are some students who, you know, struggle with the online uh, elements of the course. And that's why, you know, since March, when we pivoted online, we've added a significant amount of human experience where, as you know, as I've said, we've got, uh, you know, Zoom forums, office hours, discussion sections, events, virtual events that we put in front of the students to bring them more contact, to give them more of that human interaction experience. I will tell you, I mean, the pandemic has changed the way people look at digital engagement because, you know, for a number of months where we were all sitting in our homes, digital engagement was all we had. And so the barriers have been breaking down as we, as, uh, as students move forward. And I think, um, you know, as we learn more techniques for engaging students, we're seeing that, uh, you know, the number of students that just shy away from anything digital as really, really minimal. You know, Jerome, uh, this is Bob Martin again, with Imagine America Radio. Uh, one of the real strengths historically for universal technical institutes have always been the instructors, because as you said, I believe earlier, most of them came through as students, um, uh, came aboard as instructors. They might do other things within your company. What's been in all of this change since March, because it's only been six months or so, what's been the, the reaction of your instructors to embracing this, this change, this technology, and this new paradigm? That's a really great question. First of all, you know, our instructors stepped up in March and were real heroes. As I said, we've got about 600 instructors around the footprint, and we engaged almost every one of them to help us develop the online, the online content. And you're absolutely right. You've got master technicians who've been out in the industry for decades who have transitioned in to be able to teach our students what they know. And their teaching methodologies for all of these years has been hands-on, face-to-face, and in the labs. And so, you know, it was a significant transition for them. You know, we're, we're proud of what they've done. They pivoted very, very quickly, and, and they've become incredibly digitally savvy as they uh, have moved through this journey with us. And so, you know, I, I can't, I'd be lying if I didn't say that some of them didn't reach out to me and said, wow, this is so different. I don't know if I can do it. You know, we gave them a lot of support from our education group. 
We gave them a lot of digital support through some of our partners that we've used as we move forward. Um, and we think they've come through and they're, they're now starting to, to say things like, um, hey, let me re-record that session because now that it's digital, I can bring these interactive elements into it and this stuff will continue to evolve and get better as we move forward. So again, I couldn't be prouder of our faculty and staff of the way that they, they rose to the occasion and, and um, are really supporting our students in this new way. Well, you touched upon it. Let, let, me, let me just continue this, this, this question, which is what are some of the other ways that our Universal Technical Institute is supporting students, particularly in this new COVID environment. I, I, I think we touched upon it earlier with regard to partnerships and a lot of opportunities for employment and training, but I wanna give you a chance to restate that if you want, if you would. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, so it is a challenging environment. You know, many of the students that are coming to us right now are students that may have lost a job in, in another area of the economy and are looking for something that's durable and something that they can move forward with, like the transportation industry. And so, you know, we work very hard when students engage with us as enrolled students to see if we can't get them jobs in industry while they're moving through our, our curriculum. And as I said before, there are still a lot of jobs out there in the transportation industry. And so we take it very seriously that when students engage with us, our employment specialists uh, can get them up and running in part-time jobs or full-time jobs in industry while they're going to, to school with us. We have this early employment program where we uh, brought in a number of our, our major employers that have sort of set up ways in which they can, they can employ students from the moment they start at UTI. And then when they graduate, they can move on to their professional careers in, at UTI as well. And so one way we're supporting our students is helping them get jobs right away. Uh, another way we're supporting our students is through the, the distribution of the laptops and the technology that we brought uh, to make sure that they all have a consistent high level experience in the, in the, the, the digital forum. I, I think in the last way we're, we're supporting our students is, is by you know, really upping the level of help we've got through our counselors and our guidance as we move through, as we move through the curriculum. Hey, I just wanna commend you for uh, the leadership you've taken in taking that organization and moving it through what was a absolutely historic uh, set of challenges, both for students, faculty members and and the people like yourself that have to that have to navigate and lead lead these things my my compliments to you so what i'm leaving today's conversation with is if you have a passion for a meaningful career in the skills trade and specifically in the rapidly growing and evolving transportation industry you need to seriously look at universal technical institutes and to do that we would urge any and all of our listeners to go to uti.edu, it will give you a complete list of all 12 campuses. It will give you an opportunity to look at the programs and make the connection into admissions people or, 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 or financial aid people if you've got questions. Also taken our admissions process to a virtual uh, experience. And so students that are interested in coming to UTI can go to uti.edu they can take a virtual tour of every single one of our campuses. They can uh, watch videos that tell you exactly what we're doing in terms of CDC compliance. And then also, we're not allowing people to tour our campuses while students are in the building Monday through Friday. 
but we are holding socially distanced live touring events on the weekend. It's been really been our pleasure to have today on today's guest of this episode of Imagine America Radio, Mr. Jerome Grant, Chief Executive Officer of Universal Technical Institute. We really want to thank Jerome for sharing his time and considerable expertise with our audience today. On behalf of my co-host, Lee Doubleday, I wish you all a very safe and prosperous day. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Imagine America Radio. We hope you found it informative. For more information about future episodes and the Imagine America Foundation, you can go to our website, imagine-america.org forward slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts and to get information on the many programs offered by the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing. Please subscribe today so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. For now, thank you very much for joining us and best wishes.